Welcome to The Hold Room with ACC, a quick update on all things relating to airport development as well as the Airport Consultants Council. This episode is part of a new passenger experience series hosted by ACC's Terminal and Facilities Committee. In this series, we are collecting the experiences and perspectives of different types of users of the airport passenger terminal including business travelers, leisure travelers, airport executives, airport, airline, TSA, and concession staff, and airport consultant staff, to name a few. For more information on this series and the hosts, go back and give the first episode a listen to. Today's podcast is from the perspective of an airport planner. Carolina Libardi, a principal consultant with Lee Fisher Jacobs, is based out of San Francisco, California, and is a very skilled traveler. Carolina is joined by interviewers Laura Canham and Max Vale. Carolina, welcome to our podcast. Hello, Laura. Hello, Max. Thank you for having me. We're really excited to have you here. One of the first things we wanted to know is how has the pandemic affected you, either your job or travel experience? This pandemic arrived really abruptly. And overnight, it really changed how we work. I guess that is the biggest impact in my life is that before I used to travel a lot for work and work from home when I was in my home base. And then overnight, that completely switched. Clients became more fluent, if you will, with the technology like Teams or Zoom, and I'd stop traveling and everything migrated online. The same is true for a lot of people. But in this industry particularly, we used to travel a lot. And I don't think that we'll ever go back to that again. I think the clients now that they're more used to this type of platform, I think will never return to paying the cost of business meetings. So not only has the pandemic affected the present moment, but I think it has shifted the way our industry will continue to work in the future. Have you gotten much of a chance to travel during the pandemic? No, I did travel once to visit my family. I don't know how I feel about that because it was over the holidays. And even though I did quarantine, it was not the most responsible thing. Even though I went like two weeks early to avoid the big rush, it was already very packed. And the airplanes were full. The airport was full. The hold rooms were full. Everybody was wearing masks, but there was no social distancing. But as we have read over and over again, apparently airplanes are not the most dangerous place to be, even though it's inside because of the air filtration system. So my concern was more even in the terminal than inside the aircraft. I don't know how different it is to be inside a terminal versus inside a grocery store. So it's difficult to gauge the actual risk being higher or lower than other activities we have to do. But again, it's just this thing of is it essential? If it isn't, it just makes you feel like, why am I doing this? But it's more of an ideological behavior than anything too practical. I didn't feel unsafe, but I also did not feel 100% safe. How about you guys? Did you get a chance to travel? I haven't even left the state, I don't think, other than driving. I took a quick weekend trip to San Diego last summer from the Bay Area. My sister was graduating from college and she had essentially a drive-through ceremony. And so I just decided at the last minute to show up. The airport was pretty empty on both ends. It helps that it was also just a quick one-hour flight each way. 
Have you seen anything or do you anticipate seeing any changes that you're excited about, something that may help have a positive return from this? One thing that I saw that made me very optimistic is how airlines are improving their in-planing and deplaning processes. We in the industry like to call gate lice, you know, folks that are, it's not their turn to board and they're like hovering around the podium, the queue and all that. That has been minimized a little bit as a terminal planner specifically for me, this is a difficult problem to have because you can't control what people do or you can design the space however you want or plan it to a certain size. But if people just want to hover around the gate, they just will and they end up spilling out into the circulation. And because of social distancing protocols, I feel like airlines enforced the boarding groups a little bit more and people respected it a little bit more. I feel a lot of this is anxiety. I feel people get anxious that they're going to miss their plane, that they're not going to have space for their baggage. So they just want to board as soon as possible. But with the pandemic and this new enforcement of rules, maybe people will just relax a little bit and learn that they don't need to be there if it's not their turn. So that's my hope. Fingers crossed. Following up on that, from the terminal planning perspective, terminals are constantly constrained at a lot of airports. Do you think some of these social distancing requirements will stay in place? And do you think that'll have an impact on terminal design and planning? Absolutely, yes. This week, we have heard a series of reports saying that it's possible that the U.S. never reaches herd immunity and that we will just have to continually deal with COVID. If that's the case, then everything will change. A lot of the parameters that we use for terminal planning is how much space each person needs. If you have, say, 400 passengers in the same queue, if you needed one square meter or, say, five square foot or whatever, that really, really makes a difference in, the, in a large scale in a place like a terminal with a huge flow of people. So, yeah, I mean, we are just going to have to have bigger spaces and bigger spaces are more expensive and are more difficult to plan, to build. We'll see. Hopefully that is not true. Hopefully we can avoid that. But if we cannot, then definitely airports will be impacted as well. Also speaking from a terminal planner's perspective, if you could make one suggestion for improving the passenger experience, what would it be? I think passengers that were not already used to technology such as checking in online or via kiosks had to do that a little bit more. And my hope is that kiosks will be improved. There's a lot of potential and I feel they're not being utilized to the maximum potential that they can offer. Sometimes the technology is a little bit clunky. Even people who know how to use it still need to go see agents for a bunch of other things iPhones and all these things already using our biometric information. So my hope is that in the future, the education that we gained in the pandemic, plus the comfort that we have with sharing biometrics might make the kiosks way better. We already have kiosks that work really well. If you ever entered the country from a different country and you had to go through the FIS, FIS, for those who don't know, is the Federal Inspection Services, essentially immigration and customs. Those kiosks work. They're very fast, efficient. They normally don't give you the option when there are kiosks. You have to go through them because it really speeds up the process. You process yourself in 30 seconds, even after if you have to talk to an agent, it's just a 10 second interaction as opposed to a two minute interaction. So then that space gets smaller and everything is easier to navigate. So these types of mobile technologies that are in place at the airport is what I'm looking forward to. But improves all of the things that you would have to need an agent for. 
Yeah, when done properly, kiosks can really provide a significant advantage to a lot of passenger processes. You save on staffing costs and you save on spatial requirements. Exactly. Plus, I feel there's a lot of social anxiety, too. You know, especially the millennial generation jokes a lot about not wanting to interact with people. I feel like we can do so much by ourselves just looking at our screen that we don't want to have that social interaction. And plus, if we do deal with COVID forever, I don't know if people like are going to stick to their own little bubbles and try to protect themselves. There's also another thing with kiosks in the U.S. One of the big issues that we have is that if you want to check a bag, you have to see an agent to present your uh, ID. But if technology was up to par, like the kiosks we use in immigration, that you use your fingerprint or your face, if people got comfortable sharing that, then we could avoid showing your ID to an agent. And then kiosks could be used as backdrops. You would avoid staffing as well. The kiosk is a very small thing. It's a screen and a desk is a desk. So you have a computer, you have an agent, you have a belt that goes behind it. And if you don't have bags to check, that's just overkill. It's almost like driving an SUV, just you. It works, it's fine, but you don't need all of that space, which makes everything a little bit bigger than it needs to be. I think you're right, though. There is a lot of improvement for check-in kiosks specifically. Coming back to the U.S. from an international country, most of the time you can't check in on a kiosk. But you don't find that out until you go to the kiosk and put in your confirmation number and your last name. And then it's like, sorry, you have to go see an agent. It would be much easier if there was just a simple sign above the kiosk that said domestic passengers only. Or, for example, on my return from Texas, I needed to check a bag and I was slightly late. But I had to go through the kiosk, even though I knew the kiosk would not let me check my bag and I would have to go see an agent. In my brain, it was just like this is so inefficient. I know the kiosk will not allow me to do this, but I know the agent will, but I cannot go directly to the agent because the airline forces me to go through the kiosk. So it was just so broken up. So the whole process just felt really silly to me. And I feel there's a lot of room for improvement in these small things. If we use technology, right, or let's just not even try and go old school if that's what we need to do. So it sounds like making it the whole process more efficient and more seamless is the way to go. Yes, yes. I like to say that terminal buildings are actually two buildings connected by a bridge. The front of the house, we call it the head house, can be a beautiful thing. But really, we're trying to move people and we're trying to make them less anxious because everybody's already in a state of anxiety. So really, it's this machine that needs to be efficient. It doesn't matter if it's pretty, if it has plants and waterfalls and you're stuck in line for an hour. Not against the plants and the waterfall. That's absolutely wonderful. Like I'm an architect by training, but it's just that primarily airports need to be efficient in which everybody is just going through as expected. There are no glitches in that process. So we talk a lot about level of service in terms of space and all that. But to me, the real metric is stress. Are you afraid that you're going to miss your flight? Is that a real chance because you don't know where to go? You're lost. There are too many gates. They are changing your gate. I don't know. There are so many things that can happen, right? I feel like we should really think about that aspect from the perspective of a passenger that doesn't know what they're doing or is not that used to traveling. And if that passenger can find his gate and is happy, I'm happy. So based on what you were just telling us, what does a positive passenger experience mean to you? Yeah, again, like for me, a positive passenger experience is anything that doesn't have any unknowns in the way, any unexpected actions that you were not prepared for or getting lost or walking too much as well. So it's all about like, 
is this what I expect it to be? Am I thinking about my trip, my vacation, my meeting, or whatever it is that I'm going to do in this trip? Or am I just thinking about making it to the plane? I am a terrible passenger. I arrive at the airport at the very last minute. I always think I have more time than I do. I'm always very stressed for my own fault because I got there too late. So I know how bad it feels because I've missed many flights. And I I know there are other people that are the opposite of me, but it's just a matter of like, do I trust that this is going to work? But as a terminal planner, it's like, okay, how is this building working for people like Carolina, the person that gets there at the very last minute, but knows what they're doing? I just need that one kiosk that works and that security checkpoint with a TSA pre-check lane that processes me in 30 seconds. And for people like Carolina's dad, he wants to take his time and navigate it through. So for that passenger, what does he need? He needs a nice concessions program. He needs a place to sit and have a meal or a place to buy a book. Can those two people find their gates? So I feel it's understanding who your passengers are and making sure that that facility works for them. If you have a heavily, heavily business traveler airport, let's invest in kiosks and technology. Let's make those people go through very quickly. But if you have a lot of older tourists, then let's make a nice big food court. Let's put retail in there. Let's put a yoga room or a movie theater. So I don't have a definitive answer because each airport is its own unique opportunity. I talk a lot about efficiency, but sometimes once you get to an efficient in numbers perspective answer, that is not necessarily the answer. How big this is, how expensive it is versus is that passenger having a good time? Does he have what he needs? Essentially, it's just like, let's take a step back and look at the passenger. That's great. Thank you so much. And thanks again for joining us on this podcast today. We loved hearing your perspective. Thank you so much for having me. It was a great conversation. Let's hope the world continues to spin the right way. Thanks for joining us in The Hold Room for this special podcast series exploring the new passenger experience. You can find more from this series on the ACC Training Hub. That's training.acconline.org backslash the-hold-room or wherever you get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, etc. Follow us for more content from the Airport Consultants Council. You can support this podcast by leaving a rating or review and by telling your friends and colleagues about the podcast. Thanks again. Thank you.